Welcome to Negotiating Happiness, the show that helps you find happiness, success, and balance in your work and life. I'm Adriana Fierster, your host for this journey into entrepreneurship and personal growth. We're broadcasting live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans as part of the United Public Radio Network. We explore the latest strategies, insights, and stories from successful entrepreneurs and experts. From managing stress to building a thriving business, we've got you covered. Good afternoon to everybody. Welcome. Today is December 11th, 2023. We're almost at the end of the year. Uh, You are listening to Negotiating Happiness, and we are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Uh, We are also on Roku TV. Check us out. Um, And I can't wait to get started today, so grab your lunch, grab your coffee. I've got a super fun guest, Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi. How's it going? It's good. It's it's Monday and I've had a crazy morning, but I'm here and I'm smiling and that's a win. I love it. I love it. It's a little bit of tragedy in your voice there, but that's okay. It's a Monday, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't want to gross anyone out with the story this morning. It was a little bit of an interesting drop off with some like animal remnants that were left at my son's preschool. So there was some tragedy oh, no. this morning. Yeah. Uh, see, I knew it. I knew it. So just to do a quick intro here. Um, this is Jen Patterson. She is a money coach for mompreneurs and her business is called Dollar Divas and you can find her at dollardivas.org. She helps entrepreneurs stabilize their cash flow without sacrificing business growth and I can't wait to get into it today. So I, um, as I usually do, I went on Jen's website and I found a, a tidbit that she wrote about herself and I really wanted to share it to everybody as an introduction because I thought it was super fun right how how else are you going to get to know somebody than what what they what they write about themselves in such a fun tone right so here's what jen says on her website she says i was lucky enough to be raised in a house where money was discussed openly my father was a successful psychologist and my mother was his right hand man in quotes my first real job was running the office of the dance studio where i trained as a teenager i very quickly became the right hand man quotes to the studio owner after I graduated from university I got a job as a financial planner and found myself once again working with entrepreneurs over and over again I worked with people who were amazing at their chosen trade massage therapists home stagers and even lawyers they all had the same story loved their job had no problem bringing in new clients but they were not financially stable these same business owners struggled to pay themselves a paycheck and keep the bills up to date why This is the question that plagued me as a financial professional until I realized that most entrepreneurs are too busy doing what they love to deal with the nitty gritty of running a business. That's when I realized what I needed to do. That's, um, I I loved sharing that because you started off from finding a problem and then you turned it into your own personal entrepreneurial journey, right? And that's exactly how I started. So that's why I wanted to to share it word for word verbatim from your website. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I was like, where'd she find that? Because <laughs> I wrote that so many years ago now. <laughs> it's, it's definitely on your website. And I, oh, I thought well, that's it was good. great. It's a great yeah. story because it's the truth. Exactly. Exactly. That's how that's how I like to tell how I started this whole thing, too. You know, like you find a problem and then you find a solution. Then you're like, oh, yeah, I am the solution. Right. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about Dollar Divas. Yeah, so Dollar Divas, I mean, Dollar Divas was born in 2012 and has gone through a myriad of different iterations over that time span. But the way it stands right now is Dollar Divas is a way for business owners, mostly mompreneurs, but that does not cut off anyone who's not a mom. Don't you worry. Um, (laughs) We work with entrepreneurs. We teach them the nitty gritty of running the business in a successful and financially stable way. So, you know, we find that like so many entrepreneurs, you know, they leave the nine to five world only to work 60 plus hours a week you know doing what they love but we're always exhausted because our businesses are babies and yet so many entrepreneurs don't pay themselves a paycheck they they go without so often and my job is to teach them how to grow their business sink what they need to into the business so that it can be a thriving entity 
and yet still have that paycheck at the end of the day so that they can do things like pay their mortgage and buy food and, you know, send their kids to activities and all of the other things that we do this job for. It's why we go into business. We want financial freedom. We want time freedom. We want to be independent. And so that is the piece of the puzzle that I bring to the table is how to actually accomplish that without the endless hours of staring at spreadsheets and reading financial tables. Cause I mean, I've got three businesses, two kids, a crazy dog, a household. Like I don't have time to be, you know, spending hours pouring over spreadsheets and profit and lot statements. I love them, but I just don't have time for them. And so like what I do is about teaching things that are quick and intuitive, but also very effective. That's right. That's awesome. And I mean, this mirrors a lot of our lives, right? We're busy, we're, we have different hats that we have to wear every day. So um, I can see how it can, this can definitely kind of be pushed to the side in order to just kind of stay afloat, right? Oh, absolutely. And it, it happens all the time at tax season. This my busy season is right after tax season because right. so many people will do their taxes. They'll get their, you know, notice of assessments or whatever the American equivalent is. And they'll be like, hang on, I made a whole bunch of money. Where did it go? Right. Right. And it's like they don't people don't realize how many options they have to minimize kind of the tax implications of things. And I always say, I'm like, that's the first thing you should do is one get a good bookkeeper you know, to keep everything on top and to get a professional that can teach you how to go about all of this stuff. Right. And yeah. here is the professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's not only just like saving on taxes. I mean, obviously that is a big part of it. And, you know, being best friends with your accountant, like is a wonderful thing. I mean, not, not best friends, but like, you got to love your accountant and your bookkeeper. Like they are, you know, wonderful humans that need to be a part of your team. But it's also just like the day to day money that just sort of slips through the cracks that, you know, people don't pay attention to because they're so busy working on their business. They don't pay attention to those little details and the money just slips through the cracks and disappears into the ether. And at the end of the day, they're like, well, where did that go? What did I spend it? What did I buy in this business? And, you know, nine times out of 10, they can't even remember what they spent the money on. And right. yet it's not in their pocket anymore. Right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I've been there. Oh, I've <laughs> been there too. Disclosure, I've been there. <laughs> yes, I mean, this is what I do for a living. And, you know, the, half the reason why I know these things is because I've experienced them myself. Exactly, exactly. So are there any misconceptions regarding money coaching that that you wanted to clear up? I always find that every time I bring in, you know, somebody from a very niche kind of industry, there's always misconceptions that kind of float around. I think the biggest misconception is that I'm going to tell you how to spend your money and I'm going to tell you what's right and what's wrong and that it's going to be very restrictive and that people are going to feel like they're closed in. And, and really, it's the opposite of that. What happens when you take control of your finances and you create a spending plan and you create what I call the bank account architecture is it actually opens you up and it gives you more freedom and it allows you to take the second guessing out of the equation. So when you go to spend money on your business, if you want to expand, maybe open up a bigger um, shop or if you want to hire a new marketing expert or, or whatever, I mean, there's a million ways to grow a business. If you want to do that, you're not second guessing yourself thinking, can I actually afford this? Am I going to get myself into trouble in six months? You know, all of these questions that come up when entrepreneurs go to reinvest in their business, this type of solution, this type of system completely eliminates that because you know exactly where you stand, no matter what is going on with you inside your head, you can look at your bank account architecture and know within seconds whether or not you have the cash to invest in this growth or if you have the cash to give yourself a bonus or give yourself a raise or you know hire a new assistant like there's it's so much easier and you does provide it provides more time freedom and it provides more financial freedom because you know exactly where you stand and there's none of that oh i don't know and then it also eliminates the need to constantly hustle for business and maybe take on stuff that you don't necessarily want to do, but you feel like you have to do because you need the revenue. Having that. a system like this will support avoiding all of that headache. 
I hate that the the one point you made about um, taking on business that you don't really want to do is actually more damaging than you think and you have to kind of weigh it against you know the money that you're getting in versus the inconvenience and the setback that you experience from it and a lot of people don't realize that and like the more you fill up your time and I'm my business coach will 100% be like you are in this position and I and I, I am in this position I was in this position I've gotten better I've like transitioned but you literally fill up your time with the things that you shouldn't be doing and that a lot it does not allow you to grow to open up time for the clients or the projects that you do want to be doing and that's not to say that they are bad clients or that they're you know not um not in you know a good position to be your clients it's just that either they don't focus on what it is that you want to do now with your business so it's actually damaging long term to keep doing that so it's such a good idea to get your finances in order uh before so to to basically prevent i'm so glad you, you touched on that because that's something that resonates with me um so 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 much <laughs> well and and also it's mentally damaging you know, yeah, yeah. like obviously like there's the strategic part of it that you don't want to be taking on things that's going to damage your business strategically. But also, if you are taking things on that you don't necessarily want to do or don't feel right to you or sometimes even don't feel ethical to you, that's going to be damaging to you mentally as well. And all that's going to be is just a vicious cycle that's going to lead to more chaos and then taking on more work because you feel like you have to hustle and and it's just going to lead you down a path that you really don't want to go down. I mean, again, we we all started this because of that that F word, that freedom word. We want the freedom and we don't want to feel like we're handcuffed to taking on business that we don't feel good about. That's right. And I love that you kind of went into the whole, you know, I'm not there to give you a list of do's and don'ts. I'm there to give you the structure so that you can naturally make better financial decisions without having somebody telling you you really shouldn't be doing that right so from my understanding of what you just went through it's like having it's like with my business right the moment you have the processes in place everything just starts to flow naturally rather than you know you backtracking or panicking or making decisions last minute you don't have that because it's the the structure is already there in place so it sets you up for the future rather than always trying to catch up right we're i well, think we're it, all in this catch up catch up catch up everything all the time you know you know it's funny you mentioned that because i just had a client that we we went through we set up her system her architecture and we went to go and allocate the revenue that she had ready to go and she was like okay what do i do with this money i've made some money like <laughs> what now and i said all right well, let's allocate it out based on the plan that we've created for you based on the structure that we've set up and we went through and we did it and she goes to me, that's it? Like, shouldn't this be harder? And I said, what do you mean should it be harder? And she said, well, that was just so easy. I, I've never been proactive with my finances. I've always been reactive. And that is so stressful. Yet right now, I mean, here it is. It's in black and white. And I know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly how much business I need to take on or how much I can take on. And I know exactly when I'm getting paid and how much I'm getting paid. And she said, I've never experienced that in my adult life, like not once. And it was really eye-opening to me because I've always been very type A and very much a planner. And so having someone kind of lay it out like that from their perspective really just brought home the fact that this is a really effective way of doing things it really makes life easier it makes it takes away so much stress so much stress that the the entrepreneur the business owner can then really refocus and build the business that they originally intended to build right and i think this really comes from Again, depending on where you're listening in the world, right, We you'd have a different experience. And I know we have a lot of listeners uh, in Europe and Asia, and maybe they can, you know, tune in and let us know if it's anything different. But here in Canada, you don't necessarily get financial training and school at all, right, or any financial knowledge. And I think that's such a 
mistake, right? Like it sets up everybody up to kind of be like, I've graduated and I'm a capable person. I've gone through all of these tests and exams, but yet I have no idea what taxes are. I have no idea what, you know, how to set myself up for retirement. I have no idea how to like set up my future family for success. And there's still this taboo around talking about money, but I keep going online and reading these amazing stories about, um, I say amazing, but maybe that, that's a little bit harsh with all these corporate companies that end up failing because of a silly mistake. They send out somebody's salary list and then it gets out that, you know, so many people are getting screwed over so hard in the corporate world and putting in so much time um, and and they don't, I mean, nobody plans for that. Nobody plans for how to do it. But if you planned your business better, maybe you would have the capacity to um, give weight to how to treat your employees right, how to mm -hmm. maintain them, how to not have a high turnover rate, and how to truly value the capital that they're putting into your business, right? This is not just about the solo entrepreneurs. Maybe, you know, I work with people. I'm, I'm a one-woman show, but I work with people, and I, and I appreciate them, and I'm always trying to think, hey, before I hire more or before I do can do more, can I make things a little bit better so that these people end up sticking with me for longer? Because in the end, that's how you that's how you win this, mm -hmm. right? In my head. But obviously, like the corporate world has different sort of ideas of how they win things, right? Um, but it's just funny that nobody nobody's taught about any of this. Even if you don't go on on your own as an entrepreneur. The reason why I gave the example of the of the employees is like you people don't even know how to negotiate their salaries. People don't even know how to approach the money subject with their employers. Like that's not okay, you know? I always liken it to turning 16 and being handed the keys to a Ferrari, but not having any instruction. Somebody's probably gonna do okay. Some people are gonna muddle their way through, and some people are gonna wrap that thing around a pole. Right. And that's essentially what happens with us as adults. We're handed the keys to something really powerful, our financial lives, and yet nobody's taking the time to say, here's how this works. <laughs> here's how to well, do this actually, effectively. Actually, the instruction that you're given is you're an adult now, so you should know how to use this thing. Mm hmm Without any prior knowledge or you don't get you don't get primed for this. Do you know what I mean? So those are the those are the expectations is you are 18 now. You are an adult. Therefore, all of a sudden overnight, you need to know how to run your own life, you know, and that's just not the case. And it really puts it into perspective as a parent of uh, granted Zach is only three. But I, I feel like I need to start a list of things that I need to bring up. And that I need to teach him on top of schooling. And I am very grateful that we have free education. There are countries out there where you even need to pay to go, you know, to primary school. I get it. I'm grateful for what we do get. And some of our university um, experiences are subsidized. Not all of them. Not all the programs are. I get it. I'm not trying to be ungrateful for that. I'm just thinking that we can do better. I'm just thinking that we could as a society do better but as a parent it's up to you now right like it's up to you to kind of instill that and it's the same thing with you know young entrepreneurs now that you're an adult it's up to you you don't no longer have you know entrepreneurial your parents unless you have coaches or mentors then it's their job to steer you in the right way which is now like your job right but yeah. if i was on my own and didn't have any advice it's now my job to figure out that i'm not the financial guru and that i do need help and i need to find somebody like you who can explain the weeds to me help me get out of the you know this mess <laughs> you know what here's the thing i have a degree in economics like i literally went to university and learned about money everything i teach came from my own experience and me figuring it out on my own because my I'm degree in shocked. economics i learned about supply and demand i learned sure. about the banking system i learned about insurance all of that sure stuff. And sure. I spent years writing endless exams and I could tell you just, you know, all about GDP and all of that. I mean, it's been a while, but like I could probably figure it out again. Sure. However, like I said, every single thing in the coursework that I teach comes from my own experience and me doing it wrong for so many years and failing so many times to find systems that worked. And 
that is what led me here is my own like determination to find a way that was better than what I was finding on the internet. Because, you know, the, the advice that I see all the time, particularly in the financial sector, it all stems from a predictable paycheck. And it's like budgeting for employees. And don't get me wrong, that's important information. And people who have a nine to five definitely need to like pay attention to their finances. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it doesn't work because you don't know what you're going to bring in every month. You know, like it could be thousands of dollars or it could be hundreds of dollars or it could be tens of thousands of dollars. And it varies so much depending on a million different factors. So having that like traditional budgeting advice just fail over and over and over and over again. I was like, okay, <laughs> I got to change this up. It's not working anymore. And that's, that's how I landed on where I did was because I was just purely refusing to give up. Which is, you know, that's how all great entrepreneurial ideas start. It's from looking at the mold and saying the mold doesn't work for me. I'm going to create a new mold. Right. And I Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. love that. I love hearing that because I think for people who are thinking of becoming entrepreneurs, they, they, they hear a lot of no's and a lot of negative kind of, you know, um, it's too risky. You don't have the, you know, you can't just start overnight. You have to be safe and blah, blah, blah. So I love hearing that because it stems out of the decision of this doesn't work. I can figure out a way to do it better and I can share it with the world, right? This is progress. No matter how you look at it, even if you fail, it's progress because you've just taken off that option um, as a, it's been tested and it doesn't work, move on. That is still progress, right? So I love it. I love to hear your outlook on this because it totally encourages people that haven't started to be like, you know what? Maybe my idea isn't that crazy. Maybe everybody's just scared, you know? Mm -hmm. um, um, my question was going to be on this topic, what would be the best piece of advice that you could give to um, new entrepreneurs, like fresh Yes. You know what? This is this is perfect because I literally started don't get I'm a little bit nuts, but I literally started a brand new business almost a year ago today. Amazing. I know. Yeah. I need was... you to tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so the backstory on the new business is um, my family is plagued with celiac disease. And so for anyone who doesn't Same. understand what that is, no way. Uh, my dad, worst club yes. ever. Um <laughs> Yeah. And the, anyone the who cookies what, aren't even good. The cookies are not even good. Yes. And so anyone who doesn't know what celiac disease is, it means that we can't tolerate gluten. So gluten is in things like wheat, barley, oats. Um, there's a myriad of different things. I can't remember the whole list off the top of my head, but we can't process most flour. And so my family lived on pierogies growing up. We are Ukrainian. We love pierogies. And let me tell you, the commercial gluten-free pierogies on the market are, are vile. <laughs> they, are, they are just... A lot not, of them are. A lot of, they're a lot not of products are. good. And yeah. so when we got diagnosed, my sister, who is more stubborn than I am, uh, she went to work and she finally created a recipe for pierogies that was delicious held together in the pot and are just amazing. And when she moved out to Victoria uh, to sort of be near to family, I said, okay, like we have got to start marketing these pierogies. Like they are too good to just keep for ourselves. And yeah. so we did. And a year later, we are just like 
thriving. Our our biggest issue at the moment, honestly, is we can't produce fast enough. So um, I love those kinds of problems. Yeah, it's a brilliant <laughs> problem to have. And so, you know, like it, it's it's a brand new business, but it, it's doing great. And so it's been really exciting for me to take what I've learned from my coaching practice and apply it to a completely different business because it's wildly different from my coaching practice. I mean, obviously, I mean, we have much higher expenses. We uh, have physical product. Like, it's all super new to me. But I took my system and I applied it to the new business. And it has just flown beautifully it's so easy it's so straightforward and it's something that i literally do in minutes a week to make sure that the finances for that businesses are just as solid as everything else and so you know for anybody new in business brand spanking new the first thing i always say is you have to pay attention like no matter what stage of business you're at and no matter what your circumstances are, you have to pay attention to your money. If you're not paying attention, it's not going to be there to serve you. So that's rule number one. Rule number two is you have to make sure that your business and your personal dollars don't mix and mingle in the same accounts. So you've got to have I feel attacked accounts. at this point. <laughs> I feel attacked at this point. I make this <laughs> mistake all the time. But go on. <laughs> the reason for that is it makes it so much harder on you. When you go to do things like your taxes or to figure out if you're even profitable, you'd be amazed at how many businesses are not profitable and people are just digging themselves a bigger and bigger hole by staying in business. So it's really hard to figure that stuff out if you are not paying attention and you don't have it separated out. And to separate it out after the fact, you can do it, but a lot more wrinkles and a lot more gray hair come out of it. It's very messy. messy. It's very time consuming and it's exhausting. You sound like you speak from experience. I'm exhausted. I'm literally (laughs) exhausted. Like I can give such great advice, but sometimes it's so hard to follow your own advice. And I'm literally exhausted. This year has been wild for me with my like finances and bookkeeping and whatnot. Like it's, it's wild. And I can't agree more keep it separate. And actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your structure, your architecture? Yes. Because I, I really want to know, I want people to get a taste of it. And I want people to know how, how they can get there with you and how they can work with you there. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I always like to remind people of is, especially when you're brand new in business, if it's a side hustle, things like that, everyone always thinks, oh, I need to go get like a business bank account. And those are expensive does not have to be a business bank account right away. It probably will later on down the road when you do things like incorporation or bring on partners. But day one, it just has to be a separate account. So a lot of places will allow you to have like multiple different accounts. You just have to ask. (laughs) I've said this from day one and any, any client that's asked me, I've said this so nice to feel validated from a professional. (laughs) It's true. It's true. You don't need one. (laughs) No, you absolutely do not. Uh, If you look at like my, my banking, especially for the the new business, like it's comical because there's a list of bank accounts a mile long. Like my husband looks at it and he's like, how is that helpful? I'm like, just trust me, it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's all laid out. It's like that really beautifully organized sock drawer with all the little things you see compartments you're you're all the little compartments you see exactly where you stand you know how many socks you have left it's the same thing with your money if it's all divided out then you see where you stand so keeping it separate from your personal is, is step one step two is creating what i call the architecture and that's that like sock organization for your money so i always like to suggest at the bare minimum of like three different accounts so you've got one account where all the money just goes into that is its only job. I call it the deposit account. It, you can call it your catch-all, your money inbox, whatever. It's just because there's so many different ways that we get paid these days with like PayPal and Venmo and um, Square and Stripe and there's just a thousand. And even yeah. with one tiny little business, we get money from so many different avenues. And yeah. so it all goes into the central account. And then once a week, I go in and I divide that account into the other accounts. So the other accounts that, you know, I recommend for everybody is a tax account and an expense account. That's very basic. Beyond that, the sky's the limit. You know, I've had clients with like 12 different bank accounts, all with different jobs to do. But that's just how their brain works. Whereas I've got other clients with three because that's how their brain works. And so it's a matter of creating the system that you understand. It's not what I think you should do or what 
you know, Adriana thinks you should do. It's what you understand and how you run your business. So like for the pierogi business, we have an expense account. We have what I call the growth account. So that's where we put money aside so that we can reinvest. Um, This summer we bought a really beautiful tent. Uh, Over the winter, we upgraded our freezers, you know, just a little bit of money put aside so that when we need to reinvest in the business or we want to reinvest in the business, the cash is just sitting there and it's like ready to go. We don't have to go, oh, we go got to go sell a whole bunch of stuff so that we can make money to buy this thing because we've already been putting it aside all along. Right. Um, We've got a tax account and we've got an emergency fund for, you know, I don't know what's going to go wrong. I don't know when it's going to go wrong, but you know, what's going to help make it better money. Yeah. Amen to that. (laughs) Right. And it's so like I I have what I call my revenue allocator and it's based on percentage. So I don't use a budget. I allocate my revenue based on percentage because I'm always going to have 100%. I'm never going to have, you know, $3,000 exactly. That's never going to happen. And so trying to budget using that just makes your life harder. Whereas if you use 100%, you always have 100%, whether you made a dollar or $100,000. So it's easier to balance. That's so true. That's so true. I've done the whole budget thing and it's like a disaster and it fails very quickly. Yes, it does. Because you have one of two problems. You either have cash you don't know what to do with, which is actually a problem because then people feel like, oh my God, what do I do with this money? I don't know where I'm supposed to put it. Floats away and then it just disappears out of your fingers. Um, or the other problem that we all seem to know and love is you don't have enough to fill the budget and then you have to figure out where to make cuts. And that's really hard as well. Yeah. So using the percentage system, it makes it so much easier. You just go in, okay, you know, 30% is going to my paycheck, 20% is going to uh, operating expenses, 5% is going to emergency fund, 15% is going to taxes, done. Like, I don't know if that's 100%, but I was just spewing off yeah. numbers off the top yeah, of my yeah, head. Yeah. Totally. You know, and and the the tool that I use, it is a, it is a spreadsheet. I, I know I'm, I'm sort of like the anti-spreadsheet girl, but it is the one and only that I use, and it's very user-friendly. I'm the anti-spreadsheet girl, <laughs> and I still have to use them. You know, we do have the yeah. one, and it's very user-friendly, and it's got a lot of pretty pictures on it. So, yeah. you know, I, I like to think that it's not really a spreadsheet. But it does all the math for you. And all you got to do is then just go into your accounts and hit transfer, 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 transfer. And it Done. I'm not even joking. It takes about five minutes when you get good at it. The first time it probably take you about 10 or 15 because you're just kind of figuring out the kinks. But like literally I did an allocation the other day. It took me five minutes and I was like, oh, cool, paid That's my bills amazing. and I was done. That's amazing. That's something that I think everybody needs is clarity on where everything is going. I am the worst for this. And I tried budgeting too. And um, again, it when you do it with the, a number, it doesn't work. Now, the other problem is the steady part, right? So this makes sense. It, because if you're getting, you know, let's say I'm just pulling numbers out of nowhere. Let's say you get 20,000 one month, and then one month, you only get like, 6,000, right? It works because it's a percentage. Now, the problem is how do you like kind of connect the gap? How do you make it steady, right? Ah, so, yes. So, I do have a I do have to do a really quick intro and then we're going to get into that. So, for anybody that is tuning in, you're tuning into Negotiating Happiness and I'm your host Adriana Fierstro and I'm here today with the wonderful Jen Patterson who is a money coach for entrepreneurs and she specializes in working with mom entrepreneurs but that's it's only one facet she can help everybody (laughs) um we are just talking about how to budget accordingly and how to create a structure that will make it easy for you to stay on top of your money so that you don't have to make uh rash decisions right and how to set yourself up for growth and um we are live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. And we are streaming live on pretty much every platform there is, either live or you'll find us on a replay. So give us a like, give, leave us a comment. We do respond to our questions and feature comments. If you want to get involved, uh, please do so. Um, so let's dive right back in here. Jen, take it away. All right. Creating that steady paycheck. So I always call it the nine to five paycheck without the nine to five lifestyle. Yes. That's the question on everyone's mind is how do I manufacture that? 
and it's not as hard as you think. So let's use your example of the 10 and the six. Okay. So what I always like to suggest is in within your bank account architecture, once you're sort of past the zero months, like, you know, we all, when you brand new get started, you have those months when you're like, I made no sales. Cool. Once you're past that threshold, that's when you can start setting up that steady paycheck. And it's going to take time and it's not going to happen overnight. Sorry to be a bit of a disappointment there. But what does in entrepreneurship, though? Let's be honest. What right? happens like, overnight? Honestly, nothing happens overnight. No. Yeah, nothing happens overnight. So, I mean, it's going to take some time and it's going to take some effort. But it's actually very simple. So you have a separate bank account that is just for your paycheck. That's its only job is to hold the money you pay yourself with. And you set aside a certain percentage of your revenue and put it into that bank account. Now, instead of clearing out that bank account, every time you go to pay yourself, take out about 80%. And then what's going to happen is you're going to build up a little nest egg. And then you can treat that bank account like a well, like a water well, like the old school water well, wishing wells, you know, we all can picture in our heads. And then when it rains, that well will fill. And then when you have a dry month or, you know, you get sick, you go on maternity leave, whatever, that well will be there to continue paying that steady paycheck, even if the revenue's not there. Right. Because even if been building you're, it. yeah, even if you are not working in your business or you, you know, having like a bit of a month or you're re restructuring or whatever, that revenue, that money that you put aside in that paycheck account will still be there to pay you out that steady salary, even if the, the revenue is not there. And then you can take the time and go, okay, how do I want to now bring in more revenue to my business? And you can be strategic, you can be comfortable with it, and it eliminates that hustle need because the money's there. The money's already there for you. It's supporting you. It's it's there. Right. <laughs> I can't I think of another word, but it's literally but it's just there. It's there as long as you don't do what I do and keep going back into that account. But if you use Gen <sighs> Methods... You would have separate accounts that you can touch. That one is a non-touch account. That is the deposit account. That's let's make that clear. Don't do what I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. you know what? The thing is, is it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. Yeah. Uh, I always like to sort of think about like when you're cleaning your house and you pull everything out <laughs> and you're sitting in in the middle of a chaos and you're like mid project regret syndrome. Like <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there and it's oh the same God, thing with day. your finances, right? Like it's not going to be a, a steady straight line. That's going to go perfectly. It's going to be messy. You're going to have things that come up. You're going to make mistakes along the way. But the important thing is, is creating habits that support you and support your finances and for your support, your business, checking in on a weekly basis so that you're not leaving it three and four weeks and going, oh my gosh, and then making panic decisions, checking in right. once a week. All of those systems are there to support you and it will happen. I've usually, I would say on average to create that like real steady nine to five takes about a year right. if you are doing it consistently. Um, I've seen people do it in three months. I've seen people do it in six months, but on average, I'd say it takes about a year. That's amazing. Yeah, because that's probably one of the um, most encountered comments that people make to uh, people who want to become entrepreneurs is like, how do you handle the, you know, not having a consistent paycheck? But it's, it's, I want to say it's a trade off, but it's not what you're saying is it, it, you can have it all. You can have the freedom, you can have your business, but you can also like organize it in a way that you have that steady paycheck. So you don't have to say the freedom is worth the not having a, you know, a, a clear financial path. And it's true. It, it You just have to put in the work. So if it, what, what kind of homework do you usually recommend for entrepreneurs that need to get in a better money mindset? Oh, money mindset. That's a that's a whole other we can have another hour long conversation I about know. this that. Uh, you have to come back on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay, well, first of all, I'm a big believer that you can't have mindset without strategy and you can't have strategy without mindset. So you yep. anyone who tells you that finances is 99.9% .9 mindset is full of hooey because if you just sit on your couch and think nice thoughts, good things are not going to happen. You have to get up off your butt and do things. I think I'm that's sorry. the the manifesting thing that's happening right now. Everybody on Instagram is just manifesting man money from everywhere. And I just, I have so many thoughts about this. 
and like I agree with you there has to be some strategy I don't and at the same time like I love me some spirituality and I love me some like connecting it with science I really do think that you know manifesting is just how to, to re reorganize our brain in order to think in a way that helps us succeed that's what it means to me but yeah with the, what you're describing is the whole like trend on like instagram of manifest yourself to like a million dollars like that doesn't work like that like there has to be some real work that gets put in there in order for that to work am i right is that the kind oh, of thing yes. you're talking about yeah. absolutely yes and yeah. and uh, on this flip side if all you focus on is strategy, but inside your head you're thinking, I'm a failure, I'm never going to be successful, I'm broke, blah, 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 then guess what? You're going to be broke. You're, you're not going to succeed. That's a limitation. Because all you're going to look for is the failure. And that's yeah. all you're going to see. Yeah. So you can't have one without the other. They must work interdependently for you to be truly successful. So that's, that's the first thing that you must get your head wrapped around if you really want to move the needle forward. So... If you're doing homework on mindset, the first thing I always like to look for is your language. Like, how do you speak about money? How do you, what is your internal thoughts about money? Like, how do you feel when you open up your bank account? Do you avoid looking at your bank account? Is yes. that something that happens? Are you know, are you the one that's like, oh, I don't want to look at my app. Oh, it's scary. You know, and you know, do you avoid opening that mail, emails, whatever? Like, yeah. is that something that you strategically or subconsciously avoid in your life. So what is the language you're using? Do you find that you're saying things like, I'm broke, I hate money, oh my gosh, if only I was a millionaire, blah, 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 blah. Those yeah. are the things that you can change really, really quickly and can make a shocking difference in your mindset. So one of the things I always like to say is you can't go from I'm broke to I'm wealthy because there's always gonna be that little voice in the back of your head that says, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> and yeah. so instead of trying to like completely do a 180, just take a baby step. You know, instead of I'm broke, it's like I'm working on getting myself more financially secure. I'm working at it. I'm trying to be more successful. I'm trying to get myself out of debt. And those are the things that are going to start being, you know, believable. Your brain is not going to, you know, second guess that because it's like, okay, you're working on it. It's not perfect. And guess what? You're never going to be perfect. So give up that dream. But like, you can convince yourself that you're working on it. And so if you catch yourself saying those things, and they're so prevalent in our society, I mean, it's everywhere. Being yeah. bad with money is considered like fun and cute, which I find just gross. Right. But I tried to make it cute to make myself feel better. But I acknowledge that this is when as a responsible person, entrepreneur, this is when you reach out to get help because you can get out of that. That's not a sustainable way of living. I'm telling you right now, it is not sustainable, but it's, it's true. It's used for comedy. It's used for content, for entertainment. Like, but what people forget is that the people that make those types of videos are getting paid to make those types of videos. So it's actually kind of ironic if you think mm -hmm. about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw a meme the other day and it was it was a, a little picture of Baby Yoda or Grogu, whatever you want to call him. And it was the line was, you know, where do you keep your money? In my memories. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, OK, it's it's good for a chuckle. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually posted it because yeah. I, I was like, this is funny. But yeah. then I you know, then there was the diatribe afterward about being like, OK, this is funny in a moment. But if this is how you're thinking about money on a daily basis that's going to do you a disservice it's not sustainable i think it's not. i think long term people need to start thinking more long term um but you're right there is a whole trend of like you know oh it's funny when you're broke or um actually prime example you know students being a student is always kind of classified as like oh you know like you eat ramen noodles and you don't have money to do anything somehow they still end up like going to like parties or concerts or whatever so you always do that but i i mean i'll take my brother for example my brother is a really smart kid he's a kid he's in 20 he's 20s now but he's a really smart kid and he made it through a whole engineering degree and he had co-ops that paid money and I understand that there is privilege involved. We, he had the privilege of being able to go to school, but he paid for his own school. Like he was able to make that happen and not have debt. And how did it that happen? Yes, like parents helped. I basically taught him what to do for me making those mistakes. 
I graduated with a ton of debt, right? So it is possible to kind of break away those ideas and molds and still be, you know, uh, normal, have a normal life, but also make really good decisions so that you can set yourself up for better. So yeah, while we joke about, you know, you know, you're a broke student, um, don't take that through your life. Don't make that your part of your personality. And sometimes I say it as like a coping mechanism, but don't get me wrong. Like I, um, it took me a really long time to change exactly what you mentioned, which is how you talk about it, how, what you put out there, what you put out into the world. Um, so I tried to move from the negative to a positive statement. And I'm not just talking about, um, like an easy way to do it is to not include a not or a, um, so instead of saying, I don't have money, I will say something like, I have some money, but I will be working on getting more. Like it's, it's a, it, you just kind of shift it, right? You shift uh-huh. it into, into something that's more positive. They mean the same thing, really, uh-huh. right? You're just, you're just re- first eliminate the, the, the negative um, words that are there and then eliminate words like broke and, you know. Here's a big um, one. I can't afford it. Ah, yeah. That's a huge one. So uh, one of the things like, uh, this comes up with my kids all the time. They'll, you know, say things like, well, can we go to Disneyland tomorrow? And I'm like, that wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and I'll say, well, like, you know what, guys, we're choosing to spend our resources somewhere else right now. And yeah. like, because that's, that's more accurate than saying, oh, well, we can't afford it. You know, yeah. like it's saying we could take five grand and, and disappear to Disneyland, but instead we're going to pay the mortgage. <laughs> Right. And you're also you're also teaching them priorities because for kids hearing no, it it's not it's hard when they just hear no, we can't. Yeah. It's different when they hear, well, we have to take that money and use it for things that will, you know, sustain us for the next couple of months. Right. So then they're like, oh, why do we have to do that? Like in, the, in their heads, they absorb so much that they're already thinking about why and they will regurgitate that information to you later oh right like i already see it with my three-year-old things that i tell him like you know two weeks ago and i'm like oh my god i can't believe you remembered that right so it is it's such a it's such a good teaching moment for parents too like when you restructure the way that you talk about money try and instill that in your kids too because right now they're blank slates like this is like perfect timing to teach them how to look at money right i maybe sometimes have a more like liberal free-flowing thinking of money like thoughts of money, like, you know what, money flows. That's how what I always think about. It'll go in and out, in and out, in and out. And that has helped me create more for myself, but it has not helped me curb in my expenses. So there's good and bad with that, right? I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever. I can always make more money. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I am close to being burnt out. And I'm like, yeah, I could make more money. But the, the issue is like, how do you do that in like smart way? work less, but still make more. You know what I mean? So it, there's just so many facets of this that it it definitely warrants more than one conversation. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. A person can study finances and money for every waking hour of their entire lives and just crack the surface. Like yeah. money is such a huge topic. And even within ourselves, I mean, <clears throat> dealing with your money mindset, this is something that I always like to remind people. It's not something you can tick off a list. It's not something you can be like, nope, check, done money mindset. All right, moving on, next thing. Because it's directly linked to everything. The computers that we're on, the microphones we're using, the internet connection that we are using to talk to one another. All of these things are touched by money. And so it is directly linked to our survival. It is directly linked to our everyday existence. We touch it all the time. And so saying that like my money mindset is done is not something that you're ever going to be able to say because you're always going to find new things that are going to come up after you've tackled the other ones and it can sometimes that can be a little daunting but it's also kind of freeing because you can just sort of say well okay i'm always going to be working on it it's just going to be a part of my life and i can let go of being perfect and you know there's always something more to learn and and that's i always think that's kind of fun and exciting I think so too. And I have a perfect example in an entrepreneurial um, context as well. Think of 
all of the big brands that didn't have a website before COVID that have been in business for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years that basically thought that they were untouchable and then COVID hit and all of a sudden you have no way to get your product or your service to the public and then they got hit really, really badly. And it's like, because you didn't plan ahead because because it's not like the internet or the dot-com era started when COVID hit. No, no, that started like 20 years before that, right? And you did nothing about it for your business. Then it's the same thing. It's about how do I ensure that money keeps flowing and that money makes sense, right? And they didn't do that. They didn't cover a huge portion of our changing society. So of course there isn't a check i am now certified and i have the best money mindset ever there's no way because our world is continuously changing and flowing and how how would money not change right look at all the marketing books that were written in the 80s that now don't make any sense the way that we do marketing now is so different right it's the exact same thing with money Right. Well, because- and I, I love that you brought up COVID and, and all of that, because that, you know, also l- reminds me of just how important it is to be on top of your finances, to make sure that you've got a, a financially stable company, because I don't know what's coming down the pipeline. You don't know what's coming down the pipeline. None of us saw COVID coming and yet it presented itself and it, a lot of companies didn't make it because they weren't they were sort of that paycheck to paycheck and they were you know just walking that fine line and so they didn't make it because they didn't have the financial backing to weather the storm that no one saw coming and you know like i've said it time and time again i don't know what's going to go wrong i don't know when it's going to go wrong but something's going to go sideways in your business and you need to be prepared for that and like financial stable stability is, is how you do it Right. And unless you're Amazon that has like an unlimited amount of resources, right? That's when they're boom. Like if you look at their stocks, their stocks boomed in during COVID because they were the only, well, one of the only ones that were able to adapt so quickly because why? You throw money at a problem, you make it happen, you get more delivery drivers, you get more systems in place, you keep on top of ordering that now just probably quadrupled because nobody can get to a store, right? But we, unfortunately, the little guys, us, we are not. Amazon we don't have that but if you plan accordingly you at least have that emergency fund you at least have that chunk of money that you can reinvest back in your business because that could be the difference between you know making it and not making it making it yeah well and here's the other thing like the other thing I want to remind people of is there's no such thing as too big to fail you know, right. like let's let's take Amazon. Amazon's a great example of this. What would happen to Amazon if suddenly tomorrow the internet wasn't a thing? Right? Yeah. Like I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but no. stranger things, right? Like stranger things have happened. And, and so there's no such thing as too big to fail. I mean, we need to think yeah. about like the 2008 financial crisis and all of those, you know, big huge institutions that went belly up because. <laughs> And think about it. Amazon isn't just relying on its marketplace. Amazon has a ton of companies. Amazon has KDP for publishing. Amazon has music. Amazon has TV, like for streaming. But they all depend on the internet, right? Do I think that Amazon has other businesses that I don't even know about? For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. He's a smart guy. He, there's no way that he's not finding ways to make more money with the sickening amount of money that he already has, right? But I'm just saying you could be diversified and you could be, and every single one will fail if something catastrophic like that happens. And I know that everyone's like, oh my God, that'll never happen. Really? Because we didn't think that we were going to get locked down and not able to see our family because we live, you know, where we live, but yet it happened and you just kind of have to like adjust, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally... It totally puts planning into perspective even more after what we've just gone through. But uh, on the positive side, there are so many entrepreneurs who decided that like, hey, it can't get any worse than this. So I might as well just go for it. Right. Yeah, it totally did. So we're we're getting close here for our time. But I want to know 
Um, what makes Jen happy? Not, you know, entrepreneur Jen, or, or maybe it's all at the same time. Mom, <laughs> partner, friend, sibling, entrepreneur. What makes you happy? Like, what makes this balance out for you? The the ups and downs and the, like, what do you like to do? Honestly, um, I, I sort of, I'm sort of a little old lady. Uh, <laughs> I, I love tea and puzzles and crocheting. Like those are the things that I do I in the it. evening when it's like, okay, the kids are in bed and this is mama time. Like I, I literally make a cup of tea. I break up my puzzle or my crochet project. And that is, that is the thing that like brings me joy that. And the other thing that I do, which is, is not an old lady thing, but uh, I play fast pitch with an amazing, amazing, amazing group of women that just bring me so much joy. And uh, I, I love that. And, you know, we work out in the off season together and they, they're my family. Like they're not just my friends, they're my family. Yeah. But you have the flexibility to do that. You have the flexibility to act your age and act like quote unquote an old lady because <laughs> you get to make your own schedule. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Do you like, uh, do you like to travel? Do your kids often bug you about Disneyland? <laughs> Um, uh, well, okay. I will, I will admit that I am a certified Disney adult and I will go to Disney. I literally, I'm not even joking, you guys. I have an account in my business architecture that says Disney. And whenever there's enough money in there, guess where I'm going. (laughs) Um, oh my god yeah i love it so when i, I should say, have that for travel oh my yes god, when i say that. it's up to you how you manage your finances i truly mean that because obviously i'm not going to tell everybody to have an account that's called disney like that's insane but <laughs> but <laughs> travel know, i feel like, like that know, would resonate with a lot of entrepreneurs yes, like if you literally want to take some of your money and put it on travel like i had I've had at least four clients that off the, like literally off the top of my head, I can think of four faces that have travel accounts in their architecture because they love it so much. And so I was like, well then cool. Like let's put a travel arch- you know, bank account in your architecture and, right. and siphon some money off. Like I had one client who was, you know, a little bit newer in business. So they only siphoned off like two or 3%. And I had another one who was putting like 8% of their revenue into travel and like it, they were making good bank. And so they, within the time they worked together, which is usually about three months, they were like, Oh, I booked a trip with my travel money. I was like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. and, and that's also a really good way to do it. If you are, let's say you're um, a sole part pr- proprietorship. So you're not really drawing a salary. You have to like artificially draw it and you don't have kind of a a set like vacation time so you can have an account where you can save for your time where you're not working because I don't know if you're like me if I'm not working I'm not making money right but if I have vacation account then I know that I can dip into that if I need it while I'm not working right yeah so that's such a great way to look at it and also I I'm sure um Jen can tell you this also but there are savings accounts that have sub accounts so even if you don't open a million accounts you can open one that has like five or six different um kind of subcategories but that will keep your money separate as well Mm -hmm. so there's lots of different ways to do it. And, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that I always like to walk through with my clients, hold their hands through the process, because it can be really overwhelming, like picking a bank. And yeah. uh, let me tell you, switching banks is a big pain in the butt, but it sometimes can be really worth it. I had a client just recently that um, was feeling really like stuck in her business and literally just the process of switching to a new bank just opened opened up the world for her and it would seem so silly and trivial but she just felt like the previous bank wasn't serving her in the way that she wanted and she felt like she always had to like kind of do things but not quite the way she wanted and it was always very like kind of band-aid solutions and so I was like well like why are you still there and she said well because I've always banked there and I was like that's silly let's find you a new one that was going (laughs) to serve you better and we did and it, it literally was the catalyst for a huge huge wave of change because that was where she was stuck and so like walking through the process of finding either communicating with your bank on what you want to do or finding a new one that's something that I help a lot of my clients through which can be a really big sticking point because it can be overwhelming there's so many options out there and a lot of people find their banks kind of intimidating 
Of course, yeah. I mean, they're just giant, you know, uh, institution that handle all of the finances. They are the ones with the powers. So of course, the people find it intimidating. But this was so great, Jen. Thank you so much. We are now um, nearing our time. Um, you should definitely come back on. I had so many more questions. I was going to ask you all about, you know, what advice do you give people that want to scale? And I mean, we could probably dissect so much more. So definitely definitely would love to have you on next year as well um i hope you enjoyed this i had and so much fun yeah so everybody check her out if you want to go on instagram she is at jen patterson with one t dot biz and uh or www.dollardivas.org you can connect with jen there too um i think we need to have you back on so we could talk about some of your you know upcoming projects and maybe we could talk about your other businesses as well because i'd definitely like to learn more about that okay that so thank great. you so much and uh for everybody that tuned in um if you have any questions after we are live please feel free to keep them uh, put them in the comments especially on my personal uh, accounts as well because i will be able to see the notifications and i will get back to you um, if i see it and um thank you all for tuning into the show and thank you to the united public radio network and ufo paranormal radio network um uh, thank you for basically providing us with the platform. We will see you guys next week. Have a great rest of your week.